Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light What so proudly we hail At the twilight's last gleaming Whose broad stripes and bright stars Through the perilous fire O'er the ram parts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rocket's red glare the bombs bursting in air gave proof through the night that our flag was still there Say, does that star-spangled banner yet wave o'er the land and of the free and the home of the Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show on this Sunday morning. My, how time is flying. It's already 6.02 here in the Bayou City. All right, well, uh, let's uh, let's go to James Plog first. Let's, you know, well, let's open the lines up, too. If you want to give us a call in this last hour, we'd love to hear from you. 713-572-4610. All right, let's go down to Galveston, check in with Captain James Plog this morning. See what kind of mission he's on, James. You on a suicide mission or what? Man, after yesterday, probably so. Yep, get the dull knife out, pull the knife out of the drawer. <laughs> probably on suicide watch here, buddy. Well, <laughs> well, tell me something good. Oh, everything's good. <laughs> Fishing sucked. <laughs> yesterday for me, but everything else is good. Yeah, and you know, I always say this because there's somebody that caught them. I know there is, but I didn't catch them. And uh, man, I fished a lot of stuff. It was just like everything was asleep, dude. It was just 
everything was just down. Uh, I don't know how many tournaments there was, but there was some boats, like a lot, and <clears throat> a lot of tourney hounds. And I think they caught some redfish. I, I think they had some kind of tournament out of Harbor Walk. And, you know, I think people caught, you know, of course those guys are good. Tournament yeah. fishermen. And uh, they, they caught some redfish, but we didn't mm-hmm. do no good at all, Mickey. And I looked at a lot of stuff. I mean, everything. You know, when I say it looked good, it was, you know, the setups were right. Everything was cool. Right. But the mullet was there. You see it swirling, but the only way you make it move, when you walk in the middle of it, there wasn't nothing pushing it around, nothing. Right. It was just, you know, the water temperature. It never got nice yesterday. I mean, it was east, and it just never was, you know, it wasn't terrible, but never was nice. Not much wind. Maybe we had a little bit more wind. might have been better, but right there when we come in, it doesn't got – you know, well, in the morning time, it was there wasn't a ripple. And then got a little bit of wind. Not much. Never more than about seven or eight. And right there when we right. come in, and then faded back down about three, four miles an hour. <clears throat> you can see your shoelaces on the bottom of your feet. You know, that's no good. You still got fog down there this morning? Ah, it's a little foggy, but it ain't nothing. It ain't yeah, nothing. must have I mean, lifted you know, a little just, bit. Yeah, I mean, you look at the street lights and you see it, but. <clears throat> yeah, well, that's good. Nothing. The water's sixty-one five right now. So I don't know, Mickey. I think them fish were set up for what they wanted, and I didn't fish none of the stuff I've been fishing. I did not do that because there right. were too many boats. But well, you I did see a lot of boats yesterday. Oh, dude, it was like you was giving away free stuff. Fishing season's <clears throat> no. here. It's here. Dude, but I think there was a couple of tournaments, Mickey. And, well, that'll you know, do I it. Saw, I saw about half and half tourney hounds, you know, your 90-mile-an-hour guys, and then the other half were just people trying to catch something. <clears throat> so, but, man, I was, you know, because I'm not used to that. I, I mean, if we break down out here, we, we ain't getting in. But I don't go on Saturday right. either, so I, I don't know. But uh, I was waiting well a little spot, and, I think I didn't count them, but Lisa, man, I count like 13 boats right here. So, really. <clears throat> so, man. yeah, it, it, it was busy. And, yeah, I hate people go, and then you know, it was just a bad day. Uh, you know, maybe, I'm sure the sheeps and all that stuff on the jetties and stuff bit, but trying to fish around out here in this bay yesterday. You told me Blaine didn't catch much either. No, he, he caught a lot of little stuff, a lot of trinkets, you know, little bitty trout. Yeah. And, and, uh, Boy, Bull Reds, he just finally, his, his arms gave out. He had to quit and go look for something else. I, I think he did catch a couple of slot reds, you know, to weigh in, but it wasn't but about nine nine and some change. And I think he had two keeper trout or whatever. But Really? But, uh, yeah, it was pretty grim. It, it was, it was not, not friendly yesterday, but I just think it was the day, you know. Hey, but, you know, Mickey, I saw something. We may have talked about it. Yeah, I spilled stuff everywhere. Uh, <laughs> I saw them fish bite Monday. And, you know, I ain't no pie in the sky, and I know we ain't got millions of them like we used to. But when I saw Monday, I saw it. And it didn't matter where we went, we caught them. And, you know, like I told you, we had 60, 70 bites. That's a lot of bites. Uh, you know, what do you mean by 90, bites? Just like blow ups or miss, no, hits and misses we, or no, 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 it's all top water bites, <clears throat> and you know, some lily bites. Not, not no. Ta- we didn't fish any tails, so it yeah. was. You know, you seen the fish. I mean, you got to bite right. the fish. You know how top water fishing is. Yeah, and I don't know what we caught. We might have caught thirty fish. I don't even remember. We we don't keep them, so mm-hmm. uh, we caught. I don't think we had a full pounder, but we had a fair amount of three pound trout. Right. And then I watched that bite fade. Tuesday, I caught a big one. You know, I didn't take him back to the boat, but over six and some threes, but we didn't catch many trout. And we right. walked into the redfish. The trout bite wasn't really good to catch. I think we had seven or eight trout. We probably had, you know, maybe 20 bites on trout. And then we walked yeah. into the redfish, and you just got to walk out of them. But the day the trout bit, 
was all where the redfish had been, and we caught one redfish. Right. And then I, I watched the trout bite get worse and worse. And then the last day that we fished before Saturday when the front hit, I think we caught maybe nine fish we put our hands on, and we probably had 20, 25 bites. You know, three-pounders jumping over your lure, and we, we didn't hook nothing big. But, you know, now we're, now it seems like we got the bite like you actually get on the back of a full moon. Mm-hmm. You know, and that Monday, Mickey, if you remember, that double full moon deal was, I guess, be Saturday and Sunday. Saturday so and Sunday we were, were the, was a double full, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so Sunday we were terrible. It was horrible. It was terrible. The sunrise was beautiful, but the fishing was terrible. Then it was blowing about 30 <laughs> when I come in. And and you could tell them fish ain't fed for a while. I mean, we would just leave. I said, man, let's go check something else. I just had my one customer. I have a lot of just one and two men guys that fish with me this time of year for a big trout, which I don't yeah. know why they're fishing up here with me. But anyway, uh, we'd move. Boom. Got him, got him. And I said, man, let's move again. And the last time we moved, we landed on, like, a lot of them. They, I told you, they was chasing them ribbon fish and stuff. I said, man, this is pretty cool. And then I watched it just fade, just get worse and worse and worse. So now, you know, we may not get another good bite till we maybe turn around and get on the front side of that full moon right now. Right. Because, I, like, I talked to Jim just a minute ago. They're fishing all that bath, and him and Craig West both. And they had some nice fish yesterday, but I think Jim caught seven. And I think Craig might have caught 11. They had a couple over 25. They turned loose. But you know how many fish they have down there to go yeah. and catch seven or 11 fish. Yeah, Cliff had a tough week. Ain't it funny, man, dude, when the bite's bad, it, it, the bite's usually bad everywhere. Yeah, man, that's true. You know that. I mean, they ain't very seldom, like, just in the fall, if I call you and you're in Trinity Bay smoking them, wherever I'm at, I ought to be smoking them, too. And if I'm not, I'm moving up here with you the next day. But right. you know, when they bite, they bite everywhere. Exactly. So, Been seeing but, that for years. It, yeah, but it's not terrible, Mickey. A lot, of, a lot of, you know, I ain't caught near as many little bitty ones. I mean, we catch some, but the, the size of the, the numbers of, you know, light threes to, you know, three and a half, three and three quarter solids. pound trout. It's pretty, pretty fair enough. Yeah, solid. Solid. Solids. Pretty fair numbers. And, and you, you know, we've caught a lot more big trout per se than we did last year this time now. I mean, you know, 28 and some fives and some sixes. <clears throat> yeah, you ain't catching no stringer fulls of them, but, you know, at least when you're casting around, you got a shot at catching one. Well, sure, yeah. That's all you asked for. That's all I'm being asked for, buddy. I mean, you know. But, uh, yeah, there was a lot of tournament boats yesterday. You know, I didn't even know there was no tournament, but then I found out there was a tournament. Well. Hey, what are uh, them tournaments going to do, Mickey, them other tournaments that ain't, that's not a video your scale kind of tournament? When they change that law, what you going to do about that in these tournaments? Well, I don't know. That tournament, tournament. Blaine yesterday, the trout size was 15 to 20. You catch three of them. And then uh, three reds. So it's just basically you get lucky. If you're 15 inch or weighs more than your buddy's 15 inch. Yeah, that's pretty much what it's going to boil down <laughs> to. I mean, it's like, you know, now you're penalized for not catching a big fish. If you catch a big fish, he's worth nothing. I mean, the guy that's on really the good stuff can't win because, you know, unless you're fishing in a tournament like Chad's where you can weigh them and release them and video it. Yeah, and, you, you, uh, no, you're, you're penalized. Here's how it's got to be. It's got to be like just like a billfish tournament. Okay, we're going to fish to grease one. We're throwing the biggest thing we can catch in the bottom of this boat. Or you go fish numbers, okay? We're going to fish the release pot. How many sailfish can you get loose? And yeah. really, it'd be cool trout fishing where you can't, if they change the law, you really can't do it. So we've got the biggest and the most. That's a real problem. Well, just do it like the uh, major league fishing. If it turns into a pencil fest, you know, where you can't keep anything, just uh, whoever catches the most fish, video it all, you know, and weigh every single fish, have a spotter in the boat. The guy that catches hey, the most, you, no matter whether 15 or 16, 
it all adds up. There you go. Yeah, to, your to me, I think that's that's the best fisherman. Hey, man, I caught more than you. You caught twenty, I caught twenty-five. Yeah. <laughs> so you lose. But we got to get you know videos and people to do it. I think it would be great. You know, you have to pay somebody. I don't know what they pay hey. them observers, but you got to yeah, pay. Yeah, you got to pay a spotter. You know, I don't know what you pay them, but he's got to work the scales and apply the rules and. You know, hey, but you think you pay that dude a couple hundred dollars a day to go sit around out there and watch you fish. Well, you, James, you dropped one on the bottom of the boat. That's a two-minute penalty. Sit down. Drink you some yeah. coffee. I, yeah. I like that, man. Hurry up, Sig. You dropped one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, they were interviewing old, old Seth Felder. Well, I guess he's in the, either Ford or Glutabun, and he really don't want to talk to that guy interviewing him. <laughs> He fired him up an old cig and just backed his boat in the water. Left that guy talking. He said, I got to go fishing, man. <laughs> hey, he's good time, that Seth Felder guy. Yeah, he can I got you. All right, man. Well, hey, go rip holes in today. Maybe they'll bite today. Somebody wants to call you about fishing, James. Give a number, man. All right, buddy. I got my K Wiggler man out here today. We're going to go. Uh, got old Larry? Got old we, Higgins? Yeah, I got old Larry. See if we can get us some 15 inches. All right, buddy. 409-771-7306. Take no prisoners. All right, buddy. No See you. All right, brother. Later. All right, that's Captain Plog down in G-Town heading out, leaving the dock. All right, uh, it's time for a break. You're listening to The Outdoor Show. We'll be right back. Nice to see you. It's been a long time. You're just as lovely as you. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right, 620 here in the Bayou City. All right, let's go to Baytown, check in with Captain Blaine Firemood, see what he's up to this morning, see if he's recovering. Blaine, what's up, man? Uh, I'm here. I'm here, Big Mickey. I'm here. (laughs) I got beat up by the fish yesterday. I'm a little sore. (laughs) You just... uh, it is gorgeous out here. I'm sitting out here on my deck. Trinity Bay looks to be relatively calm, which it was yesterday. And pretty much dead slick here at my house. Tide's low again. Yeah, we're and on I that had, negative outgoing during the nighttime, but it'll blow back in today. Is Well, I know it was low, low yesterday morning when I started, but by the evening, by 4 o'clock in the afternoon, it boiled up. It was a big transfer of water. Pretty yes. cool. But uh, I fished that tournament yesterday, Mickey, and I had I fished by myself. I wanted just some peace and quiet, and I fished hard, and my body was not ready for it. This tournament stuff is hard on a man. Hey, got to get back in fishing condition. You've been hunting all winter, man. Yeah. There's a difference. Sore. My, Especially my when you're reeling in bull reds like you did. <laughs> oh, my goodness. When you and I talked yesterday morning, I'd been working rocks out there, and, and I'd seen some fish blow out, you know, mud boil out in front of me. I was, mm-hmm. The water was shallow working those rocks out there towards Five Mile, but I finally got on a school along those rocks, and they were oversized. And uh, I had enough of that, so the tide was just too low to work rocks. So I said, okay. So I headed out towards the middle of Trinity Bay, and Mickey, there is so many schools in our bay, and I think I hit every one of them, and they wore me out. <laughs> They, I'm telling you, those fish wore me out because if you could just get one keeper out of them, it's usually going to be an eight or a nine pounder. And I never right. got a keeper. The closest I hit was a 30 incher. That's the closest I got to a slot out in the middle of the bay. My and I goodness. know, I know I saw 50 schools out there at least, and there was not one boat out there, not anybody. Can't uh, blame I mean, them. Nope, nope. Nobody's been out there, and I guess people know that it ain't, it ain't that much fun after you catch one or two of them anyway, but no. I wore myself out. After a while, I I would try to break them off, but I couldn't. You know when you get a really big one on, you don't want to fight those 40-pounders. No. But I bet I caught 400 pounds of reds in about three hours. Yeah. finally, Lord. I got Yeah. So then I started hitting some reefs and pulled out my little purple little john and started bouncing the bottom out there on those reefs and... In about another hour, I hit a lot of those man-made reefs out there, and then I hit some of our old reefs out there. There's not much left of our old reefs, but no, I probably caught five. They're dead. Everything's dead except the man-made reefs. But right, 
probably caught 25 trout, Mickey, and I never caught a keeper. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I said, there's got to be keepers in the mid. There's got to be there's got to be some keepers out here. I, I caught the closest I got out there in the open bay was probably 14 inches. Maybe, That's maybe crazy. I had my head of so, yeah, and you know, I'm fishing a tournament, I got to catch 20 inches. So, that's bull red food. Oh, man. There's so trout. The bull reds love them. In one spot, I was drifting across the reef and I power pulled down, and I bet I caught 15 in a row. And, and it doesn't matter when they hit the top, you catch one, or you put it on the bottom, you catch one. It doesn't <laughs> matter. But they're all like 12 inches Louisiana. That's fish. crazy. Yeah. So I decided the tide was getting up pretty good about noon, so I decided to work my way upstream, and I worked all the way from marker seventy all the way to, all the way up to the ferry landing, Lynchburg Ferry. Yeah. And salt water, salt water the whole way, and I caught little fish the whole way, and finally ended up with two decent fish, like seventeen inches. I put them in the live well, and I couldn't. I was catching fifteen inches, but I knew that wasn't gonna do any good. I'm I'm trying to win this thing. You had to catch three trout, keep them alive, and then the side pot was two reds. You had to keep alive, and another side pot was a flounder. You had to keep it alive. Right. It was pretty good. Pretty cool. Pretty cool tournament. Well run. It kind of reminded me of your trout master tournament when you had it. Man, there's lots of gifts. You know, you y'all gave out so many gifts and shirts and everything. Everybody went home with something. This little this tournament getting started is pretty much the same way. Well, that's good. Good family. Yep. Yep. But I, I worked hard. The weigh-in was at uh, O'Neill's, and I came in at 4 o'clock. You had to be in about 4.30. And I had two trout that went about 5 pounds, and I had two reds that went uh, 9 pounds. At that point, it was the winning team had 7.6 pounds of trout. That's three trout that went 7.6. And the winning uh, side pot on reds, two reds, was 11 pounds, and I had 9 pounds. I just couldn't – the fish out in the open bay bit really good for me. But when I got upstream, and those fish are so fickle upstream, they're hard to catch. I they are. They always them. have been. It, always Our have. whole life. You know, our whole life. You know how hard it is to catch those fish up there? You'll go up there and catch 100 fish one day and go back the next and catch five. You better be there when they're biting upstream, I can tell you that. I'm but telling I, you. I had so many little nips and just, you know, short hits. and Oh, my goodness. I said, this – What's wrong with me? I just thought it was me, you know. It probably was. I just wasn't on. I don't know. But I That's tried pretty slow yesterday for a lot of guys that went that I know. They had they had a tough bite. But I still caught a bunch upstream, but not, I just couldn't get the keepers going. I don't know. I've never caught that many little fish upstream. I don't know why they're all up there now. So, I mean, there's – you usually go up there, and when you're throwing artificials, especially you catch, you know, pretty good-sized fish. And I threw topwaters. Mm. I threw corkies, I threw spinnerbaits, I threw every color tail there is, I threw spoons, I, th- I pulled everything out, and I'm wore out. The fish beat me up yesterday. I'm I'm done. <laughs> That's a In long the old day. day. Just a couple a couple of years ago, I'd be out there fishing right now to find some new fish because I found a lot of fish yesterday. There's fish everywhere and not very many big ones. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Not very many big ones. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the reds. They're too big. Oh, my. I guess I st- should start advertising bull red tournaments if it's calm. Because I think you can go out in the middle of Trinity Bay and you could probably catch 100 bull reds if you wanted to. Especially if you've got three people in the boat. So... <laughs> Nobody. But some people never caught a bull red before. So, yeah, especially well. on artificial. It's uh, crazy, crazy, but those bull reds aren't just deep. They're shallow, too. I hit that one school along right there at five mile, and it was a flat right there, pretty shallow. Of course, the tide was out two feet, but they blew up on me. There was 100 reds and two foot of water along those rocks, and yeah. I caught one. Yeah, yeah. So they weren't biting good either, though, early yesterday. The later it got, the better they bit out there in, in the open bay. Right. <clears throat> but Eddie came yeah. in. Eddie went and they came in with their 10 trout and nice fish. Nice 16, 17 inches. Really nice. Pigs, man. Solids. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of where we're at right now. I don't know. You'd think all these fish would grow up. I mean, we've been saying this for five and six years now. I know. We, we all have millions of three to four pounders. We really should. We should, yeah. Uh, it's strange. I don't get it. Maybe we're just not I, that good anymore. We just don't know how uh, to do it. 
you know, and there's not a shortage of fish, though, by any means. There is no shortage. I, everywhere I went, I went from way, way out Trinity and, and down, I went down to Marker 70 on the ship channel, and I went all the way up to, to the ferry landing, Lynchburg Ferry, and there's trout the whole way, every inch of the whole way. So that's a lot of fish. Just no yeah. biggies. And that's something. Well, what I'm thinking is if we live long enough, we're going to have 50 million five pounders like we used to. Well, we got to get there first. We got to live, live think? to see it. How long will it take these uh, fourteen inches to, to make it up to twenty-four inches? I mean, twenty-five. One year they should be keepers, you know. Well, I don't know. And you know, you're not, you and I were talking about that new island they're dredging out there. So I'm out there chasing these bull reds. There's there's birds working all around that big new island out there, but I let my old lure, I was using a one-ounce jig head with a big swim bait on it. I let it go to the bottom one time. I reel it in. It was solid sludge chocolate milk mud. Well, I, I mean, it, I let it go to the bottom, and it must be five inches deep in that silty, nasty stuff that they're pumping yeah. out there. Uh, I'm telling you, it, that's, that's the ugliest thing I've ever seen. I don't, I don't know how. I, I, they, they're letting a lot of silt go out there. I know that. As many millions of cubic feet of dirt pumping out there. A lot of that stuff's not going down where it's supposed to go. It's spreading out all across the whole bay out there. Well, remember back big, when they were doing all that dredging project, the last project, that 10-year project, they built containment levees first to retain yeah. all that, and they'd, they'd yeah. pump it all inside there. Well, I don't know what the EPA let them do this for, but it's it's nasty out there. I'd, I'd like to take somebody that's in charge and say hey look at this lure after i pick it up off the bottom i'm about say a thousand yards away from that project out there where they're building that island it's just it's just liquid nasty chocolate milk mud it looked like it's like goo look like syrup on my lure i mean look like hershey's syrup well, crazy hope you had your uh, latex gloves on when you handled that lure after dropping it down in that sludge no uh, well but I'm telling you, what kind of birds. contaminants are in that mud coming out of that channel, man. Uh, but there's birds working all around out there. I mean, within a thousand yards of that island, there's 15 groups of birds right there. And those birds go as far as I can see all the way back towards Ailey's, all the way out in the middle. There's there's birds working everywhere, and every one of them are bull reds. Mm. Uh, and I, you know, I can't tell you that there's a thousand reds in each school, but I guarantee you there's a hundred reds in each school. Right. <laughs> So, anyway, well, that's my deal. I'm ready to start well, fishing again, but my body says no. You said uh, Big John was catching a lot of uh, a lot of shrimp up our way too. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, uh, Thompson. You got shrimp, shrimp you got fish, man. Oh yeah, well, Thompson shrimp went out yesterday and loaded loaded the bait wells up. So it's uh, <laughs> you know, there's shrimp coming up the channel. I guess they're coming in from the Gulf of Mexico. Thompson got plenty of live bait then, huh? Yep. They're loaded up. They're loaded up. They had a big crowd yesterday. You know, Thompson's got to be one of the oldest bait camps on, on Galveston Bay. Definitely is. I mean, they were there before I was a kid. So I, how old is that bait camp? It's crazy. Well, it was Grandma Thompson that was running it when you and I were Yeah, kids I remember Miss Thompson, you know, she took care of us when we were kids, yeah. you know. We'd come they, down there and fish little off the pier. there. They'd, they let us fish off the pier and give us dead bait. And I remember, remember when our moms would drop us off down there and we'd fish off the pier? Yeah, we'd just sit on that tea head out there all day and catch hardheads and a few specks and just whatever croakers. swam through. <laughs> croakers. We were we were about 10 or 12 years old, so that was going on way back then. That's when the old, the old Crawleys was here and there was the harbors was there and there was a bunch of bait camps around all over the whole system. But there's not any left now, just Thompson's. And Robert I remember Crawley. Grandma Thompson, man, she used to get mad at us kids. We'd remember she had those uh, big uh, live bait tanks hanging off the dock, you crank you know, them the up, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. they'd crank them up, and they'd always have crabs in that one live crabs in it. And we'd be poking our rod in there, and she'd always jump on us and y'all stay out of my crabs, leave them crabs alone. Leave those and, leave those and my little brother, he was sticking his rod in there, and one of them big old blue crabs bit the tip off his rod. He couldn't even fish the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> so yep. that's what you get boy yep that's a long time ago mickey yeah it was that's that's uh 60 years ago hey real quick uh 
you know, that Texas wildfire, it's to over a million acres now. They only have over 15% of it contained. It's really bad. I mean, it's like the second, well, it's the worst in Texas history, but it's the second largest in American history. But uh, can you imagine what those ranchers are going through? I mean, you talk to somebody that has a has like a uh, high-fence deer ranch and a cattle ranch he, up there. He's got a giant ranch. It's called Turkey Creek or Turkey Turkey something, you know, it's, yeah. it's a giant ranch in North Texas, and they're they're open to the public for hunting, and they have a cattle operation, and they got a high fence deal, but they also have about a fifteen thousand acre just low fence for deer, and everything burned, every animal died, and they were out there having to shoot cattle that got burned because the cattle couldn't get away from the fire. They were having to finish oh them off. Oh my it was, god! It's the saddest thing I've ever heard, and people don't even think or hear about that. They're not talking about it, but it, he said. It, is just ruined their his whole operation ruined everything burned everything they had a giant million dollar millions of dollars worth of facilities and just a great great hunting deal and it's gone burnt ground nobody's hearing about all that man there's there's going to be millions of little stories that you could never imagine so they're actually having to uh finish off those cows that got burnt they're yes. still alive yes. but they got to exterminate yep. them that's terrible yep. I'm looking out towards the spillway, Mickey. There's the five psycho deer walking across the bay down there. Isn't that something? <laughs> yeah. All these, all these old deer that got released from uh, Robert Bear's ranch he had. Out Riding there. down by my house, they get out of that high fence, and uh, I saw one of the biggest bucks I've seen all year, a big 10-pointer walking right down. He was trying to get back in the high fence, and he couldn't find him, find out how he got out. And... uh then another time I saw a huge axis, and then I saw a huge psyche. That's crazy, yep. isn't it? Well, these these have been here a long time. But these what they do is they walk out there to get away from the mosquitoes out there in the bay. And when when the when the the weeds out there, the weeds and grasses out there, they go out there and eat that weeds and grass in that shallow. Water. Really? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty wild. Yep. Anyway, let's go fishing, buddy. I'll tell you what. If they're out there, if you like catching. 13 inches it's be well, really good for well I'll, I'll get my zebco 202 out with my little <laughs> four foot rod with six pound line and make it fun catching pencils <laughs> well let's go back to fly rod and let's go fly rod maybe oh yeah <laughs> all right buddy well right, hey blaine man. if somebody wants to call you about coming fishing with you this spring how they get a hold of you bud i'm ready to rock and roll call me at 713-703-6656 all right man well, have a good day. Recoup. All right, man. Later. All right. That's Captain Blaine Firemood in Baytown. And our phone lines are open. This final segment, you care to give us a call, 713-572-4610. And after the break, I'll get with uh, Guitar Dave and Rick. Y'all will be up right after the break. But first, I need to talk talk about uh, Boyd's One Stop. They're the home of the supercharged, super slimy powerhouse croakers located right at the base of the Tech City Dyke at 227 Dyke Road. And if you're looking for quality live bait for your next fishing trip, look no farther than Boyd's. From their tanks to your live well, that bait's as good as it can possibly be, and there's no better way to live your bait than with their oxygen response system. It works great on tournament fish, too. And uh, they have them on display. You can check out all their different size bottles, regulators, diffusers, everything there at the store. If you need more info, call Jason Cogburn at 281-701-8107. And while you're there, check out all their wild-caught guff shrimp and bay shrimp. Nothing like it. No farm-raised at Boyd's. Uh, nothing tastes better than wild-caught guff shrimp. And they've got them in their, you know, U10s, 912s, 15, 18 count. And uh, call them at 409-945-4001, or you can check them out at boydsonestop.com. And when you do, please tell them Captain Mickey sent you. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show on this Sunday morning. Final segment. If you care to give us a call, we'd love to hear from you. 713-572-4610. All right, Guitar Dave, you're up first. What's up, man? Hey, Captain. Hey, Captain. I'm kind of like Captain Plog, man. I, 
went fishing, but I didn't do no catching. Man, I mean, I, I, don't, I normally don't get this skunk, but I went to Stubblefield Lake Bridge, and I was kind of fishing by the canal. There was, there was a lot of people there. I didn't see anybody catching anything. One dude caught two little black bass, and I threw some uh, range cues out there and some chum. And I didn't even I didn't even get a bite. And then when I seen everybody, you know, a lot of the people picking up their stuff right before dark, I didn't see any stringers or nothing. You know, it yeah. was just a slow slow day. A lot of a lot of uh, kayaks and you know them small boats with like nine horsepower motors on it. You know, because there's mm-hmm. a lot of stumps in there. You got to be careful. Little yeah. stump jumper boats. Yeah, I tell you what. I mean, and, and you know. And don't fish over the uh, when you're on the bridge. Don't fish where the boats go underneath there. That's boat lane. You got to leave that open, you know. So uh, yeah, but uh, no, no. But I had fun. I mean, looking at the national forest and everything, and then I was I seen a lot of uh, birds flying and all this and that. But the thing, you know, you were talking about the wildfires, man. God, man, God keep those people over there, man, because that's terrible. You know, that's just terrible, terrible. But one thing I noticed. While going through 10, uh, 150 and 1074 and 1075 around through there, they they did do a bunch of underbrush fires there. And you can see yeah. on the pine trees, you know, they're up. Yeah. The underbrush, yeah. They know how to do it. Those are controlled burns, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, out there where we're talking about, though, that's all just, you know, open land, wild prairie and everything, all the grasses, and it was just a perfect combination of it being all dry. 100-mile-an-hour winds. Uh-oh, yeah, man. all those high winds with that front, and it just, man, it just spread, yeah. like the old saying, spread like wildfire. It's crazy, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, real quick, uh, uh, yeah, I remember one time when it flooded around here, I was – I don't remember where I was going, but I was somewhere around south down here. And I'm driving down the freeway, and I look out in the middle of this lake, and there's a house sitting up on a hill. <laughs> it flooded all around that house, but it, it right. didn't get up in there, you know. But, I mean, I know oh, it kind of remind, uh, that reminds me of that movie, Oh, oh Brother, Where Art Thou? You know, where <laughs> that flood oh, comes yeah. through and the cow's on top of that house. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hey, let me let me let you get to Rick, man. But no, I had a wonderful time, and I mean, hey, getting out in the woods, and you know me, if I just get out around water, or get to go through the woods and look around, I'm happy to get out of this hood over here. You know, it's terrible. So anyway, all right, Cap, I'll holler at you later. All right, buddy. All right. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank all, right. You, yes, sir. all right. Next up uh, is Michael. I uh, Rick will be after him. Michael, what's up? He dropped. Okay, well, now we got Rick. All right, let's go to Rick. Rick, good morning. What's good, up? Good morning. Oh, I wanted to just comment. You was talking to Captain Smith about varmint hunting. Um, I'm, I have loved varmint hunting since forever. Um, it all started with, I don't know who it was first, Johnny Stewart calls or the Burnham Brothers out of Marble Falls. You probably remember both of those names. Yeah, I'm, but, I remember Johnny Stewart, but uh, yeah, I've, it doesn't matter. Yeah, Burnham, Burnham Brothers, they were probably more prevalent. But anyways, uh, they're out of business now. Everything's changed, but I'm still in it. I keep one right here in my truck. Um, I probably use one about once a week, mainly on crows. People don't realize how hard it is to shoot crows and call them. They're smart. They are extremely smart. And they're everywhere. You can't go anywhere and they're not there. If you say, tell me that you can't hear or see a crow anywhere, get that fighting crow call and set it in your backyard to see what happens. And they'll show up uh, out it's, of it's nowhere. Just, they'll come out of nowhere and they'll come in bunches. Yes. And, um, they're- I, I guess they're really like us. It. They like a good fight, you know, like prize fighting or UFC. <laughs> well, they, they're usually, I think they're responding to a, a hurt crow because I can shoot a crow and they're coming. And, you know, I may wound him and he's trying to get away from me, going to crawl in a hole or in a log and I'll run over and put my foot on him and he'll, he'll get to squealing. And when that happens, then uh, if you've got 50, 15 or 30 
crows coming, now you're going to have 60. So I just let him squeal. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he, he can he can beat that call. Now, on the varmints, uh, man, that, that can be so much fun to, you know, watch an animal come in and you say, you know what, I beat him. <laughs> because bobcats are the easiest to call. Foxes are real easy to call. Coyote, not so easy. Coyote well, stuff. They'll uh, they'll skirt you and wind you before they'll ever commit. Well, that's another thing with the remote call. Even with the crows, you got to kind of work the wind. You know, not only for your scent, not not that it affects the the crow, but for your, the critters, you're going to have to work it because you got to factor in which way you want that sound to go if there is any wind at all, and uh, so you have to really pay attention to that and. Um, it it's just uh you know that anticipation especially when you see them coming i use decoys on everything even the crow i got 13 crow decoys out here or in the back of my truck in a, in a duck a, uh, a duck decoy net net and um I try to do anything to divert their attention from you now the remote call i usually set about 40 yards from me and uh, they're focusing that way. And I have an older uh, model of a name brand, but I like it better because I think the volume is more sensitive to from low to high. Because if you're calling and you've got it all wide open, they're going to come in a lot slower and they might get past you. Whereas you turn it down lower, real low they can hear it and they're thinking well they're getting away from me i've got to start moving and so when i see them coming i start instead of turning the volume up i start turning it down well yeah it's just like it, calling ducks i mean you don't highball them yeah. when they get over the decoys i mean yeah it's the same thing same but, you thing. Know, everybody just turns it on wide open the ones i go with and i'm going man this this ain't gonna work you know and uh, but there's a lot to it. It's a lot of fun. And the thing is, you can do all of these things we're talking about in this conversation uh, year round. Yeah. And it's not like they're limited to South Texas or West Texas. They're everywhere. Even like right. you're saying, you're down there on the bay. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I enjoy it. I was glad he brought that up. It's always fun to hear somebody that really likes it and knows it. So. Um, I just oh, there's a lot of people into there. it these days. A lot of it. Well, oh, they, yeah. they even have TV shows on this varmint hunting stuff, you know. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, long you know, pursuit all and all those. Those guys have an advantage where they're hunting, though, because they've got <laughs> some elevation and they got big open country. And, of course, now they're shooting, you know, 6.5 PRCs, and, and uh, you know, they can tackle them at 400, 500 yards if they yeah. have to. Right, but uh, that's a little harder around here to even get a shot that long. But, um, anyways, well, Mickey, I know it's about time. I'll let you go. You have a good week, bud. We're gonna do it, my friend. All right, you we'll too, see Rick. You. All right, see you. All right, all right. Next up, let's go to Johnny. Johnny, good morning. You're on the outdoor show. Good morning, Captain Mickey. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, you was talking about. About a story where you got, uh, you went wave fishing, you got lost in the fog by that sign out there. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Thank God for trout. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, thank God for trout. Yeah, I fished that area, hunted out there for years. But right. I was just wondering, have you been in that area? Man, uh, I haven't been back there in a while, co- man. Since they closed the pass, because I was just wondering if that was even. Uh, like it used to be. I mean, that no, used to be floundering it's not like and all. It used to be, Johnny. It's uh, definitely. But I, just, I was just wondering if you've been since they closed the pass down, and I've been like back a, there a few times, but it's not uh, not what it used to be. It's not uh, well, nothing. Well, really I mean, it's, nothing's like it used to be. But I just was curious if you've been back out there since the yeah. pass. Yeah, and it's changed things, yeah. and uh, especially when we get a lot of fresh water. You know, get a well, lot of local right. rain. It uh, right. it has no way to work its way out of there. You know, all that rain that comes out of the Middleton Marsh and the refuge and, you know, all that out of Oyster Bayou and everything. Yeah, that pass, that uh, was a total. 
it, it yeah, helped. It would happen. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Uh, what about uh, back towards uh, Stevenson and uh, yeah, the North Shoreline, could, all of that. It's yeah, it's North, not like yeah. it used to be. I don't know why. Yeah. But well, you know, we had all that rain coming out of Dallas and up north for the last two, three years. I guess you know. Yeah. We had so I mean, much we, rain. Well, we've had uh, the first big flood started. Uh, that was 2015, and uh, you know this past year is the first good. And uh, year Harvey we've had. and all that. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's killed. It's killed everything in Trinity. You know that East Shoreline at Trinity Bay up there by uh, Franklin and all that. That was dynamite. Dow's Reef and Lucky's Reef. All that. That was dynamite. Yeah, all that when, shit when was, it was dead in the drought, now, Johnny. Right, right, right. Yeah, I was just wondering what you thought about that area up there behind the refuge. But uh, well, that's we, about it. I hope you have a good day. Or, <laughs> it's going to take time. This rain uh, and up north, like I said, it, it was flooding in Dallas so many years. And, I mean, that all affected it. It did. We had some uh, pretty good floods. I think we he just dropped. I heard it pop. But uh, he's right. It, uh, I don't know. Time will tell. I keep saying that, but I'm running out of time. <laughs> A lot of us are. <laughs> they have, have seen the glory days till now. and uh, But, you know, we are on the right track. There are a lot of little fish, and they're getting more prevalent. I mean, the last couple of years, there's more of them, and just uh, all we have to do is get them to grow up. And I got a text from uh, Mike Smith, missed the croaker runs and flounders of the 50s and 60s. Hadn't seen a three-pound croaker since, but I, I feel his pain. That's what was so special about rollover was the different species and runs you had at different times of the year, especially in the fall, you know, the croaker run, the flounder run, and those – uh Man, those big old gator trout that used to live in the back of East Bay, they used that pass a lot, in and out, in and out. It was like a freeway through there. And if you happen to be standing on a flat when they were coming in or going out, just have a world-class, best trip of your life kind of deal. And I experienced that a lot back in the day when that pass was open. And it uh, that's what it, that, that was its name, the fish pass at Rollover. They just... Uh, it's just uh, crazy. I got a text from another listener said they just had a live segment on the Weather Channel about how many cattle were lost. Said it's unbelievable. So I guess since the price of beef, you know, we've been dealing with the prices, how much it's gone up, that could uh, that could affect our market a lot more too. It's not good, man. Somebody call in and give me some good news. <laughs> That's what we're all in search for these days is good news. Plenty of bad news. Sick of it. But anyway, I want to add one caller. Want to know for saltwater, he's going to get back into saltwater fishing and wanted to know what kind of rod and reel I would recommend. Well, there's so, there's so many good ones. You know, it just depends on what you're looking for. You know, if you want to spend the money and you're going to get seriously into it and whether you throw bait or lures, you know, that's the big question. And, uh, you know, if you're a lure fisherman, you've got a lot of good rod companies out there like Waterloo and, you know, Hookspit and Castaway and Sarge. And, man, there I can't name all of them. It, it's, it's your preference, what feels right and looks right to you. And as far as reels go, I mean, Shimano makes great bait casting reels and spinning. You know, you have... Uh, Luz, who makes a, a really good bait casting reel. They got a new reel that came out, Baits. I don't know much about it yet. I may get one and try it, and I'll let you know if I I really like that reel. But, you know, I've still got a lot of the 13 uh, fishing reels that have held up really good for me, especially the Seas. That's the white one. Uh, that one's been pretty pretty bulletproof. And some of the TXs, that kind of seafoam green color, have been real good, too. So there's a... Uh, there's a lot of product to look through and see what you want. But uh, anyway, 
I got to let it go at that. I'm out of time already, so uh, we'll see you next Thursday morning, bright and early at 4 a.m. right here at Sports Radio 610 KILT Houston. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.